Hello, you're listening to The Joys of Teaching Literature. My name's Scott. We're talking all things high school English, thesis statements, introductions, conclusions, evidence, line of reasoning. <laughs> That's an interesting one the AP came up with. Uh, you know, themes and all of that fun, dorky stuff that we do with our students to try to get them to be better thinkers, better writers, to enjoy the process, to love reading novels. <laughs> that might be the hardest challenge of all. Um, and actually, that's sort of what our focus is today. Um, if you want to know more about me, my website's www.theteachersworkshop.com. I offer online professional development for high school English teachers. Um, so, yeah, so I, I've been basically thinking about, so the title of this podcast is Free Literacy Blocks. <laughs> so I'll kind of be defining that and feel like the idea is, you know, something that's been around. Uh, even sort of recollecting my own experiences in school. I feel like teachers toy with different things. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that my we're, my last day of school was today, as far as te- you know, my actual last class, and then we have graduation actually on Monday. So I've been sort of looking at my course feedback, which is if you want to sort of listen to an episode on that, I have that. I talked about that in my course a lot too, the importance of having course feedback where your students um, basically give you advice and tell you different, give you different suggestions, alternatives to what you're doing. They tell you what they like. They tell you what books they like. They tell you what books they don't like. So I've been coming through those and just sort of reflecting back on this year, which is a sort of challenging year because we were adjusting from uh, a, a year that was mostly remote. Um, or when we weren't remote, we had one or two kids, and then we had five or six kids, and then finally we had a full class of, of kids, but we gave a lot of extensions, we, we uh, excused work, you know, kids were out, and this year was, was a lot more of that. It was just kids, I was out for a week, you know, kids were out here and there, I get emails almost every day that so-and-so is going to be out for a week, on top of all the normal stuff that kids are dealing with. Uh, I think this was just a just you know a lot of balls to juggle this year um and we're also just wrapping up a a project that i'm that i've been doing this year called the hope project so i feel like an appropriate year i feel like our kids are sort of itching to have hope about something and so that's what i was actually talking about that to my my kids today and sort of reviewing all of the past five or ten years or so about the war on terror war on drugs uh, Uvalde, Buffalo, uh, Me Too, Black Lives Matter, George and George Floyd, um, Ukraine and Russia. <laughs> There's just a lot of a lot of things to to get upset about in the news. You know the climate, um, but you know framing it in a way where it's like we we have learned a lot from the 20th century. You know the 20th century learns a little bit of something. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like the 20th century is worse than the 19th century. I was going to say the 20th century learned something for the 19th century, but we just sort of added technological warfare into the mix of what was sort of happening for hundreds or thousands of years before. But I do think the 20th century has learned a lot from the the 21st century, sorry, has learned a lot from the 20th century. And so we've learned some lessons. Of course, there are some things that are still uh, issues and, and challenges how we treat each other and how we want to run our world and uh, you know how we achieve prosperity for all um, and just you know learn from from stories and become better people and more moral people uh, people that that are sort of more interested in uh, another person's point of view and all those different things that we're trying to do 
when we get kids to try to appreciate literature and try to make arguments about uh, you know, what we're going to do with the world that we live in. That's essentially what we're doing, uh, is trying to teach them how to construct an argument and know what evidence is, like what is a fact, what's not a fact, um, and uh, sort of looking at all the various literary techniques and how language works, but, but all with this objective of feeling something deeply, of understanding another person's point of view, whether it be a novel, uh, where you have various you know, third-person narrator switching points of view or you're getting first-person point of view. Uh, poetry is a way of exploring all the different complicated emotions going through people's consciousness. Uh, so it's really all, it's all, these, it's all these different things, and, and all those different things are, are very much a part of the world um, of television and YouTube videos and TikToks and Instagram posts and all those different sort of they're visual, they're auditory, they're, they're graphics sometimes, uh, but we're getting information in so many different ways. And as language arts teachers, you know, this is a part of our new sort of a challenge. And again, that challenge extends itself mostly to can, I, can, I, can we get our kids to really appreciate novels? And if, if they do appreciate the novel as an art form, um, or any long book for that matter, and I think that's where I'm going with this project, um, uh, or this sort of program, I guess you could say, uh, is that you know we want them to just love reading and be lifelong re- readers and not you know kill their kill their love of cu- their their curiosity their love of knowledge but and then the curiosity about the world that they live in they are curious we are all curious deep down inside of us um, but then there's due dates and quizzes and <laughs> fill this handout out and all this this different stuff wrapped up with the stress of school and getting work done and doing it as fast as possible and being as efficient as possible and uh, kids get wrapped up in this academic world of school and and then learn and then lose their love of learning and so the quite big question is how can we still get students uh, to to really really love uh, just sitting for long periods of time and and getting to to go deep into a topic or uh, a question that they're curious about um, and and do it in a way where um, they can spend time with it all year long and so that's that's so that's my idea um, I guess you can compare it to uh, uh, you know like a Google you know famously gives their employees I don't even know if this is true <laughs> or it's just some spectacular idea that's a myth or something but um, they give their apparently they give their employees 15 percent um, of their, you know, spend 15% of their time at work on some independent project. And a lot of their best projects apparently have come out of this 15 minutes, uh, 15% um, free time uh, where they can just pursue their own uh, goals and, you know, have a vision of something and uh, just, you know, go in that direction to, in order to spark, you know, some, uh, you know, uh, new idea or innovation that nobody's really thought of before. Um, you know, I think thinking about the world outside of this machine that we're all you know caught in we're just doing the same work every day we wake up and we get into these unconscious routines with what we're supposed to accomplish at work and we have these deadlines that one person's setting um, some of the best companies uh, throughout history have, have actually put more power um, and have actually listened to their employees because um, they often will have the best ideas for how to do things and this is you know, really difficult to do things this way, whether it be a factory or if it's dangerous um, to the to the workers. Uh, it's all for the interest of, of being more efficient and getting more done. 
And so I think people at the top think that they're the geniuses and they have all the answers, but, but really it comes from the customers and the workers, usually. Um, they are the ones that are innovating or you know, demanding more uh, from their companies. And so in education, we should do this too, right? We don't, as teachers, we don't want to be the ones who think they secretly know all the knowledge about literature and language and how the world works, right? We're, we're these interesting teachers because we heard language is kind of everything, right? It's when we talk about science and we talk about uh, war and sociology and race and um, math and physics, uh, all these different things that explain, even Einstein wrote books, right? So he had his own sort of language that he used. Lawyers have their own language that they use. So we want to make sure that they're fluent in all these different languages. And so we want to allow them to be fluent in those, whatever that language is, whatever that thing is that they're passionate about or that they're interested in or whatever problem that they want to solve. That's the sort of spirit of problem-based learning. So you have this thing that you want to, this this thing you want to fix. Um, And so this is sort of in the spirit of that too. Um, But ultimately this free literacy blocks, I'm calling them, uh, are going to be something that, you know, I, I think sort of came out of pandemic learning where we had to allow them to have more free time uh, to complete the work where we weren't lecturing behind a screen for long periods of time, right? We had to allow them to get into breakout rooms and work on their own or, or have conversations. Um, uh, but really, I, I think I'm pushing, pushing like I was gonna say fast forward, but you know, doing a sort of, sort of extreme version of that where we really just let them go. Um, and we have this sort of set time each week uh, where they can pursue their own uh, goals and, and read what they want to read. Of course, we can be the ultimate master curators, right? Like a curator of an art museum that picks the art pieces. You can say, hey, look over here and check this out, and there's this link. And obviously, we're going to use our knowledge to, to guide them on their path and, and suggest things to them, suggest poems, books of poetry to them, suggest um, novels to them, suggest TED Talks to them, podcasts. Uh, Articles from online publications, right? That are that are, or, or even anthologies that we're familiar with. Uh, so there's so many different things we've encountered in our teaching careers and in, in college uh, that they don't know about. So we're just sort of bringing some of that stuff in, and even painters, photographers, history, right? We know about this whole world that they don't know about, um, and so we're there to just sort of hand it to them and say hey check out this time period in the 50s like the Harlem Renaissance has a lot to do with that idea that you're interested in or that musician that you're uh want to learn more about because you're you're because you're a musician um you know or you're into public speaking so you're looking at famous speeches uh whatever it is that they're exploring or learning more about we're going to use our knowledge to sort of guide them um last year I, I tried book clubs and it just didn't, I'm a person who's just able to admit, and I was talking to an administrator in my school, um, we have a great program where it's called an Alternative Professional Project. And so in that, we can um, get our, our yearly evaluation is a, we, if we have a high enough sort of ranking, however they rank us, um, we can pursue our own creative project. And, the, and part of the, the deal is that it, it's, it can be a failure and that's okay. And you can admit that in your, you know, in your uh, performance review, and, and and they're cool with that. It's like, hey, you tried something new, that's awesome. Um, it didn't go that well, so uh, let's. What are we going to do next year? And so that was basically the conversation that, that I just had at the end of the year. It was like, ah, right, so I did a book club, 
some kids were giving me feedback that they liked it, and because they mostly because they really loved the book that they were reading. Our schedule changed a few times. Um, I felt like most kids were getting lost in the books because our curriculum is pretty novel heavy. I'm doing literature and composition, but just in general with with uh, English language arts, you're, you're doing a lot of novels, and we, I, that's the sort of core of I think should be the core of every because we're you know we're serious about this job. We're not just doing little 10, 10 page articles or little short stories. I mean, there's a place for that, all that stuff, but no, I think a good you know uh, novel is always a, a way of of I talk about this a lot in my other podcasts, but there's a way of assigning the reading that makes kids want to read. And there's like the, I'm going to give a quiz on these chapters and you better have it. If not, you're going to get a bad grade, that kind of stuff. Uh, but where you can just kind of allow them to write stuff down as they read and take notes as they read at their own pace and just have one due date. Um, but but anyway, so yeah, so so, you know, I think that when we stopped every week to read another novel, it just became something where they, they're like, I don't even remember what page I was on, and I can't remember the plot. So there's just different things that they were not remembering um, because it was so spaced out. Uh, it worked okay. It wasn't a total disaster. Um, I think they did enjoy because a lot of the texts that I had were contemporary. There was a variety of voices there, so people pick, usually picked a book that they liked. There was books of poetry in there, so that was fun. So I'm going to take all that. I'm going to basically keep that spirit of the book club alive in this next idea that I have um, as for, for a sort of creative approach um, next year. Um, but, you know, just to name some of the writers to give you an idea, uh, these are books that just, like, we have so many books in my school. We're lucky. I, we have, we, we are encouraged to basically read more contemporary writers, diverse, diverse writers, any writers. Um, to, that are just better than the ones that are in our curriculum. And so we have, we're constantly piloting books and we have like books laying around. Um, so I just had this collection that I came up with. It was James Joyce, Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, Jonathan Swift, Gulliver's Travelers, Kamala Shamsi, uh, Sinjin Mandel, Jumbo Lahiri, uh, Jane Austen, Toni Morrison, Tracy K. Smith, Sophocles, that's <laughs> a random one, Ralph Ellison, and Charles Dickens, right? Those are, those are all books that have been in our curriculum at some point or another. I, I change them out. Every year I change the, you know, what books I teach. Um, great expect, this is the first year I didn't do Great Expectations and Emma by Jane Austen, so I threw those into the book club. Because um, I've read, I always, I wanted to pick books that I've read before so that I could have conversations with the students about them and share my love of the book with them and not just have some kind of aimless activity where we're talking about symbolism or something and I don't even know what they're talking about when they, when they talk to me about the book. I'm a big, you know, believer that we should be reading the books that we ask them, ask them to read. Anyway, that was the list for the book club. Um, but I did feel like, I was going back and forth with, do I let them take the book home and they can read it independently? But I already asked them to read novels independently, so they would be reading, it'd be more homework. I'm not a big fan of homework. Uh, the only homework that I assign is novels. Again, I want that to be a, a, something where they can read slowly and have enough time to read and enjoy the process of reading a novel. I think if we set up the circumstances for that, they will read novels. Um, and we talked to them about how to read a novel, like how to plan their time, where to read. Like it's a it's a big bit reading and explaining how to read is a big part of my course um, at the beginning of the year, at least. And um, but but so yeah, so that's so what so basically what I'm thinking with free free literacy blocks. I'm taking the idea of free writing, right? Free writing was fun. I don't know if you've ever done that, um, but they basically. Uh, just write. You know, your teacher says just write. Sometimes you have a prompt, 
Uh, but, but a lot of times I've had teachers say, just write down the first thing that comes to your mind and write it all down. Um, so that's free writing. So there's a, so I think with free literacy blocks, we are really just saying, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, right? Um, and just kind of loading them up with options for, for what they could possibly do with their free time. Of course, literary free time, right? Um, that happens once a week. We, my schedule, we have a, how oh, is it, 70 minute block? Oh, actually, it's a 77 minute block every six days. Um, and there's two days where half your class, there's one day where half your classes meet, the other day the other classes meet on the other day. Um, there's like an eight, eight block schedule, eight, eight periods and then four periods one day and four periods the other so we have longer days every six days uh, that you probably are just like throwing up in your mouth listening to that thinking of your own schedule <laughs> but um so that's what that's what we do and so there's this long every once in a while we have this long block and so maybe for you it's fridays or whatever um but you would basically have time weekly um and i think it could be a lot of time i think it could be 15 20 minutes uh but it's got to be weekly um, it can be a topic of choice or a question of choice. Obviously, this is something that, you, that I would work with my students. Um, but it doesn't also, like I, t- I say literacy, and I, when I say literacy, I mean like I'm defining that as uh, well-crafted language um, that has an emotional impact and, and is rooted in fact and, and um, elevated thought, if you, w- if you would. And so I think videos go in there. I think podcasts go in there. Um, there's, there's just a whole world of things that are free on the internet. Obviously, most book, most schools have libraries. Um, so that's a, ours is called a learning commons now. Um, so that's another space where there's tons of literature, tons of books to just pick up and read. Maybe, maybe they read a chapter, maybe they read a short story, maybe they're into poetry, maybe they're into songwriting, uh, maybe they're into, uh, science uh, and there's tons of journals online for that and books and so or social science uh, they could be into history and so they're just like I'm gonna read more history um, or learn about this particular thing and just jump into it because I feel like my class didn't cover it enough um, you can have a lot of interdisciplinary things going on here where you where you meet your kids where you are and they just want to learn about this thing and maybe they uh, dive deep but then they maybe digress and they read something else and they're connecting two unlike ideas. It's really somebody, I forget, defined creativity. Like you're, defi- you're sort of combining two ideas together in a way that's special or magical. Um, so I thought I liked that because a lot of figurative language works that way. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so that's when I say literacy, I mean kind of anything. Um, and again, you're just sort of helping them navigate and give them the suggestions. Uh, it should give them the opportunity to connect literature to the world that they live in. Of course, that's the, the sort of point of all this: is that they're reading something about. It doesn't. I don't. It doesn't have to be contemporary, but you know, it should be relevant. Um, you got the the personal experiences, so you could have kids that really want to pursue creative writing, or narrative writing, memoir. They could. You could have a kid write a novel in your class, right? If you do, if you do work 15, 20 minutes every every week then those kids probably will go home and read. They probably will go home and write and spend time writing. And it's not, you're not saying it's homework. You're just giving them this opportunity to pursue something. And when they get interested in it and they go down the rabbit hole, right, uh, or the echo chamber or whatever, you know, you're just sort of helping them navigate those online worlds where 
it's like, all right, well, you, you, you watch so many videos about, you know, if it's sports, like, let's not shun the sports, the athletes, right? That's a very sort of literary field. Um, you know, there's great writing that, ha- that has to do with sports. So let's not lose those kids. Um, or a kid likes, uh, you know, fixing cars up. Absolutely. Let's write about that. Let's read about that. Let's find short stories or poems about cars, you know, videos about cars. Um, and so, so, or if, if it, it could be more sort of, I guess, humanistic is the word, where you interview people, where it's like you're really interested in people's stories or traveling or it could be a topic like joy or fear or violence or, you know, happiness. Uh, it could be a philosophical exploration of uh, status, class, race, right? Um, and so you're just, you have this sort of single topic that you want to explore, um, and you can interview people to get their uh, understanding and record interviews. So you have those as sources as well, where people talk about that topic. You could, t- you know, have students, if you want, they can go talk to their, uh, interview their teachers and find a free period with their teachers, that sort of thing. Do videos, if they're into video, filmmaking. You know, so make, reading short stories so that they can turn them into films. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying, like, I'm going to have, like, a huge sheet of, of things to, to, to do or possibilities of, of how you can spend this time, this short amount of time, once a week, uh, and hopefully it will be explosive. Hopefully it will be something that they uh, just allows them to really take off into their own uh, world, and they can always digress. If they get tired of uh, writing about apples or salt or food or, I don't know, I'm just making stuff up. Um, or it could be a genre, just like mu- they're just like learning about music. Like, I want to just like learn about music more because I don't feel like I know enough about music. And so they're just going to like read about different musicians and listen to music in your class for 15, 20 minutes. You know, that kind of self-directed learning, they, you know, they're going to be going on the Internet doing this stuff anyway. You might as well have an adult present uh, so that you can make it more academic um, and make it more scholarly uh, and, and, and direct them towards a product at the end. Uh, right, and so so I this this okay, we're calling it free literacy blocks uh, can be they can spend their time in a variety of different ways. So while I, before it was just like you have to read a novel and the novel has to be on this list that I give you because I only have these books, um, this is more open ended. And of course, I'm going to have again a huge list of novels for them to pick from like hey maybe you love novels that's awesome maybe you want to write a novel by the end of this or at least the first chapter or two Uh, but you want to read you know some great writers i'm going to suggest those to you right um whatever it can be it's it's again it's it's totally open-ended and whatever you decide at the beginning of the year whatever direction the student decides to take at the beginning of the year can always change you know i don't really like novels okay fine so you read these novels maybe when you start you know reading about architecture <laughs> right think about how complicated that can be and you sort of learn about all the buildings around the world right or all the art museums around the world whatever you want to pursue where you can just kind of explore something independently um then all of that can connect so if you if you Started off by just focusing on like poetry. You're like, I'm gonna do this whole thing on poetry, and then, you know, January rolls around. You're like, I'm beating a dead horse here. <laughs> like, I'm done with poetry. Hi, right, let's learn about architecture. How's a poem like building a building, right? And so, and so they go in this other direction where they're like, oh yeah, there is this like weird similarity between what I was doing at the beginning of the year, and uh, what I'm doing now. Um, and so there's the, maybe that's my final project is gonna be like how I read poetry and studied architecture. 
um, and read about all these architects and their biographies and uh, read about their styles and different things. Um, and, and, I, and I'm going to talk about how a poem and a building is the same thing. I, I'm just like making stuff up, but you can imagine how cool, right? Or even if you, if you allow a student to do poetry and then they're a sci science person or they're doing algorithms or video games, you know, because there's like, I want to like think about how video games are made or whatever. Then those two worlds sort of collide uh, and, and you have this special something uh, that comes out of it and the presentation you know could be whatever whatever they want um, so so yeah there's obviously a little bit of, of project-based learning in this there's free writing in this so you can you can have them just you know again just hey, you know what take a break from reading poetry take a break from uh, you know researching architects I'm just going with these two examples uh, or this athlete and uh, you're just gonna you know have journal just do a journal write about your day write about write about what kind of day you want to have tomorrow you just have this sort of like you know all again all these options available to them on a page or two so they just have this page of like things to do um and and you know they can change that direction that they take um and just take a break from whatever it is and the idea is just just love learning just love learning and learning is about reading it's about watching it's about listening but it's also about writing. It's also about creating a visual. So maybe one day for that 15, 20 minutes, they're going to create a graphic of all the ideas that they've gone through so far. Um, so, and I also think that they should keep track, like anything, they should keep track of all the things they're doing on a weekly basis in a notebook or an online document so that you can see and say, hey, let me see what's going on in your notebook. What have you been doing recently? So, oh, you journaled last time and then you read about different fish and <laughs> or if birds or you know wildlife if that's your thing um, and so you know you're just sort of checking in and saying all right that's cool so you learned about birds last time you read about all these different birds and you're drawing birds and you're getting creative with that like where's this going and they say I don't know you know you say all right well uh, why don't we you know try to find uh, National Geographic articles about uh, you know, these natural habitats of, of you know, or read Charles Darwin maybe, right? Um, you know, so you can just kind of give them ideas for like, hey, you know, there is this writer, you know, or even Einstein, you know, talked about the natural laws of the universe. You want to go in that direction? Um, something like that. Or Freud or something. You know, there's just so many different things that we could suggest to them. Hey, did you know that, you know, uh, this politician sort of talked about uh, preserving nature a lot, actually, you know, and was committed to, you know, green acres and, and uh, national forests or whatever it is, national parks. Um, why don't you go in that direction? Why don't you talk about national parks since you're interested in birds and nature, whatever. I'm just making stuff up, but you can see these exciting conversations going on where they all have different things. And then I think um, a big part of it is uh, – allowing the students to collaborate so maybe for so it's not completely independent so maybe on a random week and you I, I could you could have like a whole calendar of different things maybe i'll try to put something together and you know give a resource out there somewhere um where either in my course or maybe on teachers pay teachers or something like that uh where you have a calendar you're like all right this week we're actually going to collaborate all right let's just share with a group of six people what you're doing in your project what you've been reading about writing about uh what direction you're thinking about going uh, and, and, you know, share it out. And then, and then you listen to other people talk about their projects. Maybe those ideas give you ideas. Maybe people suggest ideas like, hey, man, have you ever listened to this uh, music video or have you watched this movie? 
And so maybe they're watching that movie on Friday night because somebody suggested that to watch a movie. Or have you ever read this novel or, or uh, you know, seen this performance or play or whatever it is? Or, you know, this, this thing is in town this weekend, something like that. And so you, you, they get educated. <laughs> Let's think about it. Like, I'm just stepping back. Like, what is an education? I don't even know sometimes. I'm always trying to think, am I giving my students an education? An education is, you know, me suggesting, obviously, we're the teacher, right? We're, we're, the, we're the primary, you know, wise person in the room, right, that has maybe the most taxes we're older, <laughs> you know, not just that we're going to college or whatever, but that we have been around a little bit longer. So there's different things that we've, you know, experienced in our childhoods uh, or when we you were know, in our 20s or just books and, and, and things that people suggested to us. We're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go go uh, listen to Bob Dylan or I'm going to go uh, check out uh, Kanye West or, you know, somebody suggest, like says something about something that they love um, and you go learn about it more. And that's how life is. That's how you have how you become intelligent. Right. So let's let this happen in our classes more. Where you have people telling stories, where some, you know, I'm, I'm all really into tell, I'm really into hearing stories from people, and I'm interested in in, in learning stories about work and where people worked before, where they traveled, um, and so somebody in the group is going to say, you know what, my dad uh, said he worked in a, this factory when he was a kid, and or he used to deliver papers, where he would drive all around the neighborhood with a stack of papers, or when he was in his car throwing the paper out the window when he got older, whatever. I'm just like, again, I, I like making stuff up. But, yeah, the classroom is rich with, with information. Like, we have a lot of stories. We have a lot of experiences. We're telling those stories. But let's let them just tell stories to each other um, and give them different directions for what they want to do because that's really – that's the coffee shop learning, right, that, that a lot of philosophers sort of talked about, that, that we learn in the classroom, but then we, but then we walk outside. And we go to the coffee shop, and that's really where the where an education takes place is where we where we think about the ideas that we encountered in the textbooks, and then we have we have real life conversations where we're thinking about the world that we live in, our own experiences, the news, politics, science. Right? If you're an engineer, you're talking about the products that you're familiar with in your world, and that's where that's where we make progress. That's where we advance. That's where we get better. This is, this is literally what education is. It's not an elitist whatever <laughs> that some people call it. It's, we, are, we are making our world a better place with better products, more efficient products uh, that work better um, and, and that we're, we're more, more creative and we can come up with solutions to problems uh, and, and think about the living in a world that's more rich and, and um, lovely and and beautiful and wonderful and exciting uh, that makes our lives easier uh, that's what we're just thinking about all the time and, and we want real experiences and real conversations to be a part of this is do what John Dewey really spoke about um, in the 19th century uh, I guess early was it early night early 20th century um, and so yeah so it's 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 just we want that exciting space and and the way to do it is to we have our curriculum but then we have freedom, <laughs> we have liberty, uh, and we just let them with, do what they want and, and read about what they want and just guide them and be, be with them in, on their exciting journey. And we can share that excitement with them instead of trying to make them love Hamlet, <laughs> right? We can have them love this, this thing, this world that they're learning about. <laughs> We're teachers, right? So let's, especially I think at the high school level, 
Um, there's just so much room for, for allowing students to just go and, 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 and learn on their own. Um, and it doesn't have to dominate our curriculum. It's not like we just show up every day and, and, and let them do this, or it's just totally free and it's crazy and we don't have a, a common conversation. Um, but but there's, there's room for this. There's time for this. Um, we just have to sort of look at our curriculum and say, is this, is this going to be a, a more valuable experience um, than some of these novels that, that students may or may not like? You know, I was just getting feedback about what, what books my students liked and sort of looking at the percentages. Um, you know, I think like generally 80% either felt positive or neutral about all the novels that I taught. Um, I think that the general number was like 30 or 40 percent of kids, sometimes 50. Yeah, 50 was like a high number. 50 percent was a high number for I love this book. It was excellent. Right. But if we let kids do this kind of project, what do you think they're going to say is the sort of approval or do do you love it? Did you have so much fun doing this? It's going to be like 100 percent because they're guiding themselves. Um, and, and again, it's not something that's that's taking over our classroom. It's just something we're, we're checking in with once a week. Um, I have, and just think about how many books you like. I don't know. I saved all my books from college. Uh, whenever the library gets rid of books, I I grab them, and so they're in my classroom. And I, I just have a lot of books. And so, um, and, and again, in addition to the book rooms where we just have these these novels that we piloted or old novels that we don't teach anymore, um, and there's just so much online, right? So so we should take advantage of all that and really and really be excited about that world. Um, so try to think of what else I want to sort of include here. I went through all these. I have like six points on this blog that I wrote. Um, yeah, and I, so I guess this brings me to the last number six point. <laughs> I just kind of took you through all my points of what this uh, free literary block should contain. Um, but at the end of the year, like, like any great sort of project, um, it should have some kind of end goal. Um, I think that like the the goal that I have now, I have a project that goes all year that's a little different than this. It has elements of this where I kind of just let, it's a lot of choice, it's a lot of free time. We stop for a week and we do it. Um, this I think is a little bit better because it's every week, not just like random weeks throughout the year, which is how I've done my projects before. Um, so this is sort of a new approach for me. I might actually you know think about this. I might do both where I have a project uh, where we stop. Uh, four, probably four or five times to do various things. We we do personal narratives, we do uh, podcasting and interviews. Uh, so then personal narratives are like text or podcast. But then we create our own. Uh, we do we talk about politics. So we can still do all that. We can stop for a full week um, and share out projects. We can say, okay, what have you read? What have you talked about? Um, share articles for them to read have good conversations so we're still opportunities where we can stop for a week on end at a time but in the end in the project that i do now there's a video essay where they write an essay have a voiceover and then videos uh, and images attached to it so it could be could be something similar to that or they could just be this is the interesting thing about this project you could have a final in that sense where you just kind of ask them what they learned and it broadly speaking um you know, there's some some main question you attach to it this year. Again, I did the Hope Project, but this is something that they're working on all year, um, and maybe it's scraps and fragments of journals that they're writing, just talking about their day. Um, but but maybe it's uh, you know something where they're just chipping away at a really great graphic. 
a poster, informative poster, uh, something like that. Um, but and maybe there's multiple things that come out of this, right? Maybe it's not just a single essay or a single graphic or a single video or some. Maybe it's again like a novel. Uh, it could be something much larger, a book of poetry. You know, hey, write poetry every week. So we have an elective creative writing, but let's just like make that a routine where they're always thinking about writing creatively. Um, we just stop for 20 minutes. Get rid of your reading quizzes. <laughs> Seriously, I, this is this is my class. I have this time to do this kind of stuff because I just got rid of all the stuff that wasted time. Like, you know, I found a system of handing stuff back that was really quick where I just call a person's name and that takes like five minutes to hand stuff back. Um, I stopped doing reading quizzes. I collect notes. Um, I have a process for giving feedback where it's a, it's a lot of verbal feedback as opposed to written feedback. Um, so that's a, it's a very quick process where I give them back and they revise. I don't you know, spend a whole week or two revising essays. I have them revise parts of essays. So my point is, I mean, I'm getting into my whole program of like what I do, um, but I think that, that there are things that you can do that will open up time in your class I know we feel overwhelmed by so many different things and time management, class management, managing behaviors, or so many different distractions. But this, I think, is something that you don't have to worry about classroom management because they're going to be dying to get involved in something that they're passionate about, that you're letting them get passionate about. Um, and you're a part of that. These all of these so many different exciting conversations as you walk around the room about all these different things. Um, that no one's going to feel like, you know, including the teacher, but the students, where it's like, I'm bored, I want to go on my phone, I want to cause trouble, right? It's, it's going to be something, because that's how the, the whole project is, I always have some kind of product, and it's always the most fun part, because it's like you're pushing pause, where you're not just in this regular routine of analyzing novels and fiction. Now, you know, when we go to the fiction, uh, it's exciting, um, and, it's, and it's something where, we, we take it very seriously and we talk about the characters and we get excited about all that. And that's, that's always going to be a big part of the classroom. Uh, but in a world where, where kids are uh, really, like, especially after the pandemic, where they're just completely addicted to their phones and they're just have this whole world of comedians and random videos to entertain them and their friends doing silly stuff in the hallways, we have to, we have to learn to adjust um, and get them uh, excited about learning again. Um, and, and, and that means getting excited about everything, about learning about and reading about whatever it is. And, and, and of course, close reading is at the foundation of what we do because we want to be able to teach kids how to, how to really look at language and decide if it's, like how, how it's crafted and how, what's the argument, how is that argument made, um, and all those different things that we do with language and all figurative language and metaphors and similes and all that stuff. It's, it's definitely, we have so much time in the year that we're going to be able to do it all. <laughs> um, I really believe that because I think if you have kids coming into class, excited to be in class, you're going to spend less time managing your class, wasting time transitioning. You know, they're, they're going to be there and, and focused um, and have something that's, that, that drives them and moves them. Um, and and we're, we're a part of it. Um, we're not standing up lecturing you know, working ourselves to a bone, coming up with great lesson plans where every minute is planned, right? Uh, we just have this calendar, 
and uh, we're going to try to do this today, and, and that might change. And that's what I love about this idea of the free literacy block is that it's just it's free. You don't have to have a lesson plan. You know, if five kids are like, we want to talk about our different projects, and then you have another couple of kids who are like, can I go outside and like read this book? You know, it's just it. You know, I think that's the kind of school that we all would like to go to, <laughs> right? Um, nobody wants to sit through a novel and and for a month or two that they don't like. I think that we should all be forced into that because I think we can end up loving novels that we don't love even when we read them. Like Jane Austen's Emma is a great example. I don't think anybody really likes that book until we discuss it, and that's magical, right? I think that's why Shakespeare is so great. We read Shakespeare, we're like, eh, like what? But then we study it and we hear it out loud, we're like, oh, this is dope, right? This is awesome. Um, and so there's there's space for all kinds of enthusiasm. There's there's enthusiasm for plays, for literature, for poetry, for podcasts, videos, um, all these different uh, exciting ways that we communicate um, should be celebrated in our classrooms. And so, and in your allowing students um, the time to just give them time to write, it's so therapeutic when you think about it. And not writing, uh, you know, again. They're, do, they're doing so much writing in our classes with all the different various activities. But this is like, hey, just take a deep breath and write whatever you want, <laughs> right? Like, let's let them do that. And I bet you it's going to be amazing, right? Um, and it, for me, it always is. Whenever I give creative writing, uh, whenever I give them uh, something, even when I say, hey, you know, talk about this topic in this novel, but you can, you can bring in other sources to uh, sort of help explain the concept or the theme, the main theme of the book. Uh, those are always really, really fun to read, and they love writing them. Um, you know, of course, there's always going to be a place for like, hey, I, you know, found all this evidence from this novel, or this poem, or this short story, and I'm going to write an essay about it. Again, we, we can we can do it all. There is time to to do all kinds of different writing, um, and when our kids are are excited to learn um, and pursue um, all these different things, they're getting a little taste of everything. Um, that's that's what we really want to when we when we plan for the fall that's what I'm trying to do I'm trying to do a little bit of everything make it really fun um, and make life easier for myself right when you have kids that are engaged in learning with you know by reading by listening by talking to each other and of course when you're walking around the room and talking with them that is that's where it's at it's like you're getting it you're getting knowledge from a lot of different places and this is what a democracy is about right it's about learning to have kids learn from themselves, be critical thinkers, uh, that they can be smart because they, because they went and, and discovered and went, went on this journey of learning uh, themselves, right? When they graduate from high school, when they, if they go to college, we want them to, to, to still go to the library uh, and pick out books and, and read things because, because they like doing it. And that's, so we have to set up a classroom that celebrates that and actually does that, not just by saying, I love this book, don't you love this book, right? But by actually picking something that they want to write about and learn about uh, and letting them explore it. So that is what I'm calling <laughs> free literacy blocks, you know? Uh, I think it's it's such a it's such a I'm I'm super excited to to dive into it. Um, I'm I'm probably gonna to again make some kind of concrete plan, um, and maybe add a uh, a section about this to my online course. Uh, so if you want to like maybe you know, either go on Teachers Pay Teachers and, and see that, or um, I'm gonna be working on that uh, in the next couple of weeks, um, so that we, you that you can sort of 
think about this, but hopefully just by listening to this podcast, I've given you a lot of ideas uh, for what you could do next fall. So if you do like listening to this podcast, I please, 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 uh, I'm begging, <laughs> desperate that. Um, but I would really appreciate it if you could give me a review and give me a positive review wherever you get your podcast so I can spread word and get this out um, and uh, hopefully get more teachers loving uh, life, putting, getting them excited and energetic about what we do for a living because uh, it's so important, you know, it's so important to, to, to be happy, to, to laugh, to tell stories, to, to be real with our kids in a, in a professional academic way um, where we can really get excited about what they're doing, about what we're doing, um, and really see, to see the, the wonderful things that, that students can come up with their on their own uh, about the world. Um, so I hope you enjoyed listening, everybody.